Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to Get The Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamflet and Michael Sidgwick, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. And that issue today is how WWE should solve its Sami Zayn problem. Now, before we dive into this, I should point out, we are recording this before SmackDown this evening, despite the fact we know this is going to come out over the weekend. So some stuff may have changed following SmackDown, but I think regardless of whatever happens tonight, Hamlet, uh, this is one of the best storylines WWE has done in years, isn't it? Yeah, it's worth us early moving to ask people kindly to put the pitchforks and flaming torches away if they've read that title and assumed any of us, collectively or individually, are unhappy with this tremendous bit of business that WWE have created here. Um, it's a nice problem to have for WWE for a change. It's known as selection headache in football, where you have two potentially great things, and which one do you go with? We've got this with WrestleMania, and it's all as a result of, yeah, the finest storyline WWE have crafted across the board in years, years and years and years, maybe even decades. Um, it's got long-standing fans like myself questioning where it ranks and like your all-time top fives, but even newer fans just realizing how good uh, not just WWE or sports entertainment, but pro wrestling can be. If you're new to this and you've seen your favourites ascend, I think a lot about um, CM Punk's run in 2011 or Becky Lynch's in 2019, where you've seen your favourites ascend to the top of the mountain and you've watched how awkward and strange and nervous that is just to see your favourites achieve something, this is different gravy. Like you're watching a storyline develop in ways you cannot predict, in ways you cannot imagine. You'll be instructed to enjoy your favourite in Sami Zayn. Like try and shuffle through this very difficult situation he's found himself in, while also being asked to ask questions of everybody else in the story to get a moment like what we got at Saturday's Royal Rumble is how this is always supposed to be. The pops can't always be as loud. The drama can't always be as high. But fundamentally, every wrestling storyline should aim for this sort of narrative development, this, these twists and turns, and the cool matches that you get at the other mm. end of it as well. Yeah, and the, the intriguing thing as well, Sige, is as we were heading towards last weekend's Royal Rumble, I think a lot of people were concerned about how Sammy may uh, affect how Cody's received, for example, winning the Royal Rumble, how the Royal Rumble itself is, what goes on in the Kevin Owens match. They really did manage to plot this out beautifully. It was utterly phenomenal. It's not often I get the chance to really, really put over with earnest, genuine, sincere passion something WWE does. I don't want to shill for them. I don't want to do it for the sake of it. <laughs> I don't want to do it for the sake of engagement. For whatever it's worth in this space, I like to think that, if nothing else, people can hate me for it, but I will believe every single opinion that I hold. And the opinion I hold of this storyline is that it's phenomenal. And at this point, I'm trying to put into tears 
um, where exactly it fits in the entire canon of modern post-1984 WWE. Um, things like the Summer of Punk, Complete Disaster, after the best possible start. As Hamlet says, something like the Yes Movement would have been so much better had you not felt the anxiety yes. of, is this actually going to happen? That anxiety informed the elation of WrestleMania 30, which I attended in yeah. person and was amazing. But if you go back and watch that week to week, it was such an oppressive viewing experience. They, in fact, had no designs on having it reach a satisfying, feel-good conclusion until CM Punk walked. I'd have quit, I'd have quit watching WWE. And this is him saying NXT that. was there, and they're lucky it was. I would have quit in 2013. It was just so impressive. It was, it was depressing. He got called a B-plus player every single week. It wasn't a storyline. They worked themselves into a shoot with that, and it took Batista's rejection, CM Punk's exit. It was not in the plans all along. So that is discarded, even though, yes, on this weird warped level, yeah. that anxiety did make the main event of WrestleMania 30. Um, some of my favorites in recent years, just to see how far away we are from them doing something like this. I loved, it's a self-contained story, the CM Punk versus Jeff Hardy feud of 2009, beginning to end, lovely conclusion, until The Undertaker ruined it. It was a really, <laughs> really great bit of business with forward thinking. It was elegantly crafted. The emotion was there. It was so easy to believe because the performers involved believed in it. So that was a tremendous bit of business. Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho. Yeah. Um, was it that same year or the year before, 2008? 2008. So yeah, one year 2008. Um, the Batista Triple H, unbelievable bit of business. I think this is probably a little bit better than all of those. Mm. Um, is it? Austin McMahon has this weird thing where it just fizzled out and it ended terribly, but entertaining as all hell um, is sort of weirdly affected as it is. You couldn't go back and watch it in the same way. The whole ability to separate art from artists and all the rest of it. Is it Randy Savage in the late 80s arc tier and early 90s? It has the same kind of emotional resonance in terms of the babyface turn and the heel turn and how intricately it was mapped out. I think we're looking at that level. Mm. Um, that has got such a legacy, and I know we're probably going to go longer than is necessary on this podcast, but as I said, it's not often I earnestly get the chance yeah. to put something over. It's just so great. Sami Zayn was never a bad guy. So it never scans as this really sharp, sudden pivot where it's so binary in terms of black and white, these kind of, like, just useless characterization. Not useless, but, like, very basic. Mm. Only in wrestling are people so on one side of a character alignment, and it is a bit silly. Sami Zayn just wanted to belong because he has spent his career getting tormented and manipulated and beaten down by this guy with whom he has a symbiotic relationship and Kevin Owens. And if you want to think broadly about this and deeply into it, and I do, that's what I like about my own interpretation of what professional wrestling is. It makes Sammy all the more sympathetic, loyal, this incredible baby face that this storyline with the bloodline is intertwined with the Kevin Owens thing in that he was so loyal that he wanted to save Kevin Owens, who realistically does not deserve it, that character, mm -hmm. because that's how good of a person he is. And they've deftly 
plotted this entire saga to reach this point where Sami Zayn at this point is the ultimate baby face and it's just been majestic and I guess the fact that we are calling or at least I'm calling Sami Zayn at this point in the story the ultimate baby face does that ruin the chances or the standing of another baby face that WWE is going all the way with well yeah exactly that's why we're calling this the Sami Zayn problem there's nothing uh, like you say selection headache whatever you want to call it there's nothing inherently bad about this but it does have the potential to not necessarily ruin, but certainly muddy the waters of a fairly straightforward, it, it seemed, a few months back, Royal Rumble to WrestleMania run for Cody Rhodes, where he takes all the belts off off Roman. Um, how do you see this going forward, not just at WrestleMania, but obviously Elimination Chamber in Canada? With optimism, truthfully, because, and it's, again, to Cedric's point, it's so rare you can say this about a WWE storyline. They deserve your faith and your trust. Um, that you will be rewarded with things that make sense and entertain you because of how well it's gone up to this point. There's two things that I think about as relates to the um, what some people are like the Cody problem, the the fact that is he going to be the number one babyface come WrestleMania season? Other than my own subjective beliefs that yes, I think he will be. I think he looks the complete package in a way that suits both the fans and WWE internally. So they will work hard to preserve that as best as they can. And we've got evidence of that on his post-Rumble Raw promo. Like instantly... He made himself a bit of an outlier to this Roman Reigns story, ready to fit into it as and when the story makes sense. And I thought that was really inspired. You sense that everybody knows what they're doing and everybody's committed to this project. As relates to Sami Zayn, um, the Kevin Owens detail about the fact that, yes, he has decked him just as much of the bloodline over the years, but there was a, a detail after Zayn attacked Owens at War Games, not to like dive into the new shy of this excellent storyline week by week, but even he said it. He says, well, I'm not going to fight anymore Win, like to win you over with this bloodline thing. If you're happy there, then at least the WWE Universe will see what I've seen all along, which is this, you're a great person. So you've just basically baby-faced Owens and washed away, kind of waved away all the attacks. Like, even though we were fighting, I knew that I loved you. I knew you were the best. And if this is the platform that shows the world that you're the best, because Sami Zayn, they used to call him the underdog from the underground. Mm-hmm. He was neither of those things. The underground was this like fertile independent scene that they mined. And the underdog, he's never been an underdog. He's just a champion that's been overlooked. That's who Sami Zayn is. He's a champion by any other name, but just he's never given the credit. And as a result, the irony of that is that you never need to actually win the title. It's kind of your character to be overlooked and to be the guy that gets that close. There are, it's wrestling, there are other prizes and other belts, but you are perfect to be right there. Even when they won the NXT title, he won that title to lose it and to lose it to Kevin Owens, no mm-hmm. less. And I just think they've lined up, the way they've lined up Owens' motivations to eventually be Sami's saviour, in the way that Sammy was his, in the way which we've not even touched on yet, the way in which they have woven the Usos separately and then together into this story has maybe been the detail that tips this over the top. Because for the longest time, when you could feel this story really starting to come to life, was when it wasn't just Sammy and it wasn't just Roman, it was every single person in that ring, both Usos, Paul Heyman, Solo Sokoa, every single week the bloodline were there in totality. This was can't miss stuff. Mm. It was things that you were watching four or five times because you, I'm going to watch this segment now and just watch Jimmy Uso. Yeah. I'm going to watch this segment and just watch Solo Sokoa and understand all these different dynamics. All the weeks of Jey Uso being the one that couldn't get on board with Sammy, they then made that a feature of the story and made Sammy earn his trust. And then when he does, their relationship becomes this thing that is suddenly, is that tighter than Jane Jimmy's now? To the point where you get that incredible save at the trial 
where he puts his hand in front of Solo's spike. And that moment, like, they're filling these segments with three or four pops because of all of these characters' individual motivations playing out. And now we've got the Jey Uso element. Jey Uso, you know, we're recording this head of SmackDown. We don't know what Roman Reigns is going to say in the aftermath of this. But it's safe to assume that we're heading towards a Montreal title match between Sammy and Roman. The drama now is in, like... What does Deuso do? Does he surprise us all and actually commit to leaving the bloodline? Or does he do... Is the tragic conclusion going to give us the ultimate euphoria? Is he going to be like, no, my bread is best buttered with these guys and confirm himself as a killer heel along with his brother to set up this amazing babyface euphoria at WrestleMania? They've allowed themselves so many winning avenues because that's what good storytelling does. You know, we I keep going back to the trial of Sami Zayn is maybe a lot of people's highlight of this whole story. And three days beforehand, it wasn't even supposed to have play out like that. Mm. That's a credit to the story and the characters that they could do that almost like on a 24 hours notice. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? A try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. It's a cliche, Sige, but we often talk about the road to WrestleMania, and I think in many years... It's been, right, the Rumble's finished. Got a couple of months and a bit till we go till WrestleMania. There might be a pay-per-view or two in amongst that, but it's not really that important mm-hmm. for the stories that have come from the Rumble that are heading to WrestleMania. Not this year. No, this Jay Uso thing is genuinely incredible. Like, it's such a great twist. It's so earned. The storyline beat has so much credibility because we've watched the last two years happen. Um, I've got no idea where this goes. And that, I agree with Hamlet, that puts it over the edge for me is something truly special, best ever WWE tier. Because what's so good about this is that good professional wrestling storytelling 
takes the fans on a journey that they want to embark on and they are kind of expecting the destination and it's up to the booker to reassure them that it's going to happen but not so much because you want a bit of drama there the expected turn of events here we're talking what everyone thought was going to happen about two or three weeks ago is that something was going to happen at the Royal Rumble that would drive Sammy and Roman apart and Sammy would get the beatdown of a lifetime then you would do the Elimination Chamber match, and then you would do the Usos match. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? It's a twist. It's genuinely masterful stuff now, and as you said, that's a really good point, Wilborn. Hey, you call me butter, baby. I'm on a roll. The amount of times <laughs> that we've seen the main matches either telegraphed at the Rumble or foreshadowed or whatever, or nothing because they've got no plans. They've been killing winners. Well, I wonder if Becky will be as over when she gets to WrestleMania. Yes. <laughs> they've been winning the Rumble. And then yeah. It's like, well, can they stay over over mm -hmm. two months? That's how bad the storytelling's yeah. been. And something like, uh, I've been positive about WWE. I'm about to kill two sacred cows at once. It was going so well. Edge and Randy Orton yeah. in 2020. You knew where it was going. They'd, they'd done one angle. They'd done the last angle first, and then Edge had to talk about grit for two months, and that's basically <laughs> what yeah. happened, and he had to sell the injury. This is completely different. The idea that they are still doing incredibly unpredictable and compelling episodic TV, when they could have just gone that route, by the way, everyone wanted these things to happen. That is a promoter's dream. But no, they are holding themselves to a better standard. They've got a really kind of bold story to tell, and it's just strange, like, with this um, Usos versus Steen Errico tag team match what ha does this even happen mm. do people like jay uso too much um does it take a kind of a does the structure of this match take a turn to something like revolution 2020 they can't possibly unless jay uso does something incredible as a heel over the next however many weeks at this point with the characters and the positions they are now it might have to take on a form similar to the revolution 2020 um tag team match between uh, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Page, where there all are these like sort of underlying different motivations and different mixed emotions that all go into it. This is just genuinely masterful stuff. Yeah, you mentioned Daniel Bryan earlier, and I couldn't help but think of that here in terms of I remember that that road to WrestleMania where they were like, very nice, yeah, you like Daniel Bryan, but we're gonna he's gonna pass the torch to Roman at Fastlane and then shut up about that and then here's your here's your big match and here's the person you should get behind. I'm not saying that's the same case with Cody Rhodes whatsoever. You just need to look at merch sales and the reaction to him winning the Rumble um, for the opposite or the, the examples of how over he is on his own. But yeah, this has gone, as Sid alluded to there, and I want to give point out as well the fact that a lot of people said it's going to be Bloodline suddenly turning on Sammy when he least expected. I love the touch of well after the trial. If you're Sammy, you know the you know the beatdown's coming. You've just got a kind of stay of execution. That's why he got Roman before he well got what he knew was coming in yeah. anyway. But the thing is, I think with um, with this is it's so unpredictable. We talked about this on the SmackDown preview podcast. I've never known a story, or certainly can't remember a story in recent memory in WWE that hasn't been so, you know, we, we talked about, like, Kofi Mania wasn't Rumble stuff, obviously it was the Elimination Chamber. But I think a lot of people were like, okay, so after that, you get he has to get through these gauntlets and blah, 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 and he's going to get a title match, and fingers crossed, he probably wins the title over Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, he's put a nice bow on it. Same with Becky Lynch with the Rumble, except in 35 as well. 
with this, no one can give me a definitive, right, this is what needs to happen. A lot of people, as Sid said, thought, well, the obvious thing here is heartbreaking title loss at Elimination Chamber. That's his involvement with, with Roman Reigns or the Roman Reigns side of the bloodline done. And we can, you know, counteract that with uh, a tag team title win for, for, for Steen Errico over the Usos. I don't know if that happens anymore. I don't know if you do splitting the belts, if you do two different nights of, of Roman main event and with each title, one against Cody, one against Sammy. I don't know whether you take both belts off Roman in amongst all this. It's so unpredictable. And that's great. Um, that's to Cedric's point. You want to be able to predict the end destination, but you want to feel like it's unpredictable along the way. You in, it's it's you're welcoming being manipulated as per how wrestling. Want to get worked? Yeah, like that's how wrestling should work. Something we've given AW praise for in the past, yeah. like name checking them here, um, is that they give you like six really fun scenarios to fantasy book, and it turns out they do the seventh. And that's really great because it instills so much faith. Yeah. You're like, oh, I thought they could do this. I was already this enthusiastic and they give me something I didn't even imagine. And I think this storyline's done that quite a few times at this point. The honorary use t-shirt reveal. I will remember how that made me feel for years and years yeah. and years. The snap of, uh, I don't give a damn what the tribal chief says. And then the, the zoom in on Roman's face when Jay spoke out for the first time. Like all those things, this has been that angle. And WWE have never had this in the locker. So I do think there is more to come. I love the pitch of the, the elite tag. Um, where there's the sort of they're able to maybe find peace together at the end, regardless of the result. Cody, um, as we kind of knew he would, attached himself to the storyline, but only as I say from the outside. When he said, "Like wrestling has more than one royal family. There's not just your family. There's my family." He t- spoke beautifully about how he lost his father mm. but gained his daughter, and it's like there's his bloodline effectively is what he's speaking about. He's saying like, "I'm going to live my father's dream at WrestleMania. Like you're living your cousin's nightmare." They are miserable under your power, Roman. And he can chip away at the Empire. And if they were to lose the tag belts in, let's say, the night one main event, while Cody's been saying, Roman, I think your castle's made of sand. And I know the Rhodes family is as solid as a rock. There's your emotional core at the heart of that title match that ties him to the bloodline. You could have the Usos lose the titles and there'd be a hug between Zayn, Owens, and the Usos. And Roman's going into night two thinking... What has happened mm. to my empire? He's never looked weaker, and that opens the door for Cody to, as all good baby faces should, do what he said he's going to do and win the title. It would be such a nice way for Roman, to, for everything to fall apart for Roman when what has ha- been happening for the course of this storyline is him being paranoid that this is going to fall apart. We've seen Roman basically try to mask his cowardice with power, uh, gaslight his own family in yeah. order to keep them in check. There's only really... Truthfully, there's only really Solo Sokoa that's got agency in the bloodline. And even then, he's, he's the hired gun. Yeah. And hired guns don't have agency. They're often the first to go in the films. So he also has to look at his, his own brothers and realize the situation they're in. Cody can remain a babyface and play with that dissension. And that's like, even if there's an apparent heel turn by Jey Uso at Elimination Chamber, they can play it as him not really wanting to do it, but feel like he has to. So none of this needs to be definitive. Coming like Going into WrestleMania, none of it needs to be definitive to the point where there's mm. more you can do afterwards. Because I don't think, again, it's an old WWE thing. They used to just use WrestleMania as, Brian's a perfect example, as like season finale. Oh, what we got for uh, Brian after WrestleMania? Kane. <coughs> Brie Bella in a car screaming. Are you kidding me? Did you just see that show you just put on? Yeah, Kane. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Becky Lynch, what you got in mind for her? Lacey Evans is going to knock her out. Who? Like the woman that just debuted at the Royal Rumble. Like they're they're terrible. They're terrible. And yet this seems to have so much to it that they've probably already got Cody's first two months of champion. Roman's 
does he disappear and then come back? And what's his, what like, a character like Roman Reigns can't hold the title for 900 days and then do a John Cena shrug when he loses. And we're like, well, see you tomorrow on Raw. <laughs> it's big stuff. They've created huge stakes and huge stakes have to have follow-throughs that back those up. What do you think happens with Sammy at the Chamber and at WrestleMania, Sige? Um, I don't know, but I guess this ties into the actual title yeah. of the video that there is a lot of Concern, I guess, is the word online about whether Cody can truly be the star that WWE wants him to be, that he felt like he was going to be at Hell in a Cell, if the Sami Zayn problem exists. I don't think this is as much of a problem um, as a lot of people are making now. I don't think it's concern trolling, because that just has this like stigma and definition of people just pretending that it's a bad thing. But I think there is a small sample of Twitter fans who are worried about can Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn coexist, <laughs> yes. if you like. Twitter's a tiny sample. It's not reflective of the wider fandom. If it was, Cody Rhodes' merch wouldn't be selling out. And it's not one of these John Cena scenarios where there's a clear split between the people who buy the merch and the people who jeer him at the arenas. He's getting both. I honestly think what's happened for so long is that we talk a lot about WWE brain as it pertained to AEW. This is before WWE genuinely, and over the last month, radically has improved. Um, a lot of people thought when AEW said, oh, we're going to do a contract signing, the WWE brain told people they were white to think, oh, well, someone's going to go through um, a table with a power bomb after some meh talking. They've never done that once. I think WWE brain is now affecting people's perception of yeah, WWE. Yeah. <laughs> Because, and again, like this is not going to make me any friends or anything like that, but this is the way I see it. They haven't booked a unifying, tremendous baby face in years and years. Either the office didn't really fancy them and didn't promote them mm -hmm. with much conviction, or the fans didn't like them in terms of Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. And there was this split, this ever-present just divide between everyone associated with WWE whether you produced the show or watched the show. I think this current set of WWE fans, A, just seem to really enjoy it, even if they do so quietly, too quiet for me, make some bloody noise <laughs> in the TV tapings. Uh, so they seem to enjoy it. The Defiant Voices went to AEW and are very satisfied with that product. And now the people who remain enjoy the fact that there are different kinds of characters on this show, different types of baby faces. It's very, very rich of me to say, you know, you can like more than one thing at once. <laughs> I honestly think these WWE fans can like and do like more than one thing at once. They recognize that Sami Zayn's the tragic figure and want to support him in spite of his doomed conclusion. They recognize that Cody Rhodes, media savvy, telegenic, he's got the look, he's got the everything that WWE wants in a main headliner, a face of the company type. They recognize that. I think genuinely they are happy for both to coexist. And as for Sami Zayn, look, I would do. He loses in devastating fashion in Montreal. Roman Reigns is heated up to an incandescent level ahead of WrestleMania. And I would genuinely at this point not do some kind of swerve Jey Uso turn. I wouldn't believe it. I think his performances as this reluctant babyface, this indentured servitude, sort of role he's been playing. I don't know if I would believe a Russo-esque swerve at this point. I would have Kevin Owens and the Sami Zayn and Uso's tag team match play out 
as this sort of Young Bucks, Golden Lovers, Page and Omega style match. That's how I would do this. And then, yeah, have the bloodline fall away. Mm. This then It's never going to get as good as this. I just can't wait. To see For that, that faction. Yeah, I, I just can't wait to see how it plays out. The one thing I would suggest we talked about in the office earlier because we're a bunch of marks um, is the pinfall where you think Sami Zayn might have finally defeated Roman Reigns, won it all uh, at the Elimination Chamber premium live event is broken up. Kevin Owens-esque, actually, yeah. I suppose, with the with the one from Roman Reigns on the bottom rope. Uh, Sami Zayn, Cody Rhodes, Jey Uso, right? When was the last time WWE had three baby faces as hot as this? It's in- it's incredible. Honestly, when you were talking there, um, I was thinking how AW was and still is, really. It's the proper buffet of professional wrestling. WWE is a not quite as tasty buffet, but if it's a buffet all the same, because you've got those three baby faces, if you are into Bray Wyatt's nonsense, they're giving you probably the best version of it. <laughs> and then, like... We were using oh, the example. most committed. The most committed, right? Um, if you were at the Royal Rumble and you were watching this Mountain Dew farce, right? I thought it was a farce, but like <laughs> it's making them a ton of money and Bray's probably happy as a pig and you know what. So like, fine, that's for whoever. You're like, well, I'll go to the toilet now because uh, Gunther or Ray Ripley's not up next. This is the closest they've come to that buffet feeling extravaganza of a little bit of everything in dot, 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 ever. Like, I, I honestly can't think of a time because as well, like, because, you know, the joke was Vince Man likes one thing and you're going to get loads of it. And if when he's not looking or somebody taps him on the shoulder, you might get something else out there. It doesn't feel like yeah. that. This feels different to this, feels different to this. And multiple baby faces is a once in a generation. Like, they talk about Steve Austin and the Rockers once in a generation for a reason. I'm not making that comparison in terms of drawing power, but they would never stumble across two baby faces of that level. And the fact that we've even got two, let alone three, four, and five, and more to come after WrestleMania is. Is there more to come? Well, that's the big the big question after. We'll see about that. After Let's not go that's nuts here. This is the most positive I've ever been about this Fed. Let's not go n- more to come. Who? After WrestleMania, that is the big question. But, again, we're, we're coming off the... Who? 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 Uncle Howdy himself, obviously. He'll turn after the Fiend match. But, you know, like after WrestleMania, the goal will be, I suppose, showing us that it wasn't just getting all heated up for your busy time of year, then knowing that, yeah... You know, the lull. Yeah. We talk about the lull. That becomes the next thing, doesn't it? It's like... Are you going to do anything about the lull, or are you just going to let it be the lull? Let's see. Very excited to see how this plays out. Let us know your thoughts, your predictions, your booking in the comment section below, or on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch that. You can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. But for now, this has been Get the Table. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.